0: Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour. This is another of Ken's movie reviews. Hurrah! So, this week, we will be bringing you a review of the recent release of the movie Hellboy. Um, It is not the first in the line of attempts at a Hellboy movie, as there were two previous incarnations, uh, Hellboy and uh, Hellboy... And the Golden Army, I do believe, are the other two. Uh, but a, a reset, a reboot, a restart uh, to, the, to the franchise, trying to breathe some new life into it for a new generation of audiences. As always, we will break this down into two sections. One, the spoiler-free upfront, where I kind of give you an idea of whether or not I think it's worth seeing in the theater, whether you should wait for it on Blu-ray or DVD or possibly a streaming service, or maybe ignore it altogether. Then we will go into the spoiler-heavy section where I will use my scientific, yet not-so-scientific method of breaking things down. We will go through cast, director, costuming and props, location, cinematography, plot and writing, and everything will have a point value assigned. When all added together, if it were the perfect movie, it would receive a score of 100. I have not seen that yet because I'm picky. But basically... You can play along at home and give this movie a passing or failing grade just like any average student in your local high school. Well, let's get to the program. So, just in general, um, as a movie, whether you should see this in or out of theater or whatever, um, I think it kind of depends. If you are a huge Hellboy fan, of course, you should go see it in the theater. Uh, If you are just a comic book movie fan... I actually think this one is a pass. I think this is one you could have afforded to not see in the theater. Um, Possibly if you're just a completionist, it's something you should get on Blu-ray or DVD. I think this really actually falls into the, well, I'll catch it on streaming services. It's still worth a watch. It's not awful. Uh, I've I've seen a lot of people bash it as just being terrible. And I don't think it's that. Um, I don't think it's amazing either. Um, But, Overall, it was okay. Um, Basically, there were some issues with uh, the plot. There were some issues with the character development. There were some issues with originality. Uh, But in general, it's still a fairly decent movie. Um, And, you know, leave that as you will take it. Now, one note that I will make before we break into the spoiler-heavy section is, as always, the Pudding Guys can use your support. We have a brand new Patreon page where you can come and support us. So take a look over. It's only a dollar a month to help us fund this endeavor where we talk about movies and we talk about comics and we try and get you interviews with really interesting people and make top 10 lists that hopefully you can relate to. Uh, you know, just trying to do something a little bit newer and fresher and fun for everybody. But let's get into it. Let's break down the cast. So basically this can have up to 20 points, uh, depending upon how amazing the cast was. Uh, you know, who did they get? What were their names or did they get somebody that I wasn't expecting and they just kind of were amazing in this film or, you know, anything like that. Um, this cast, actually, pretty decent. Um, yeah, so, okay. So you got Mila Jovovich, first of all, who I really think of as the headliner, even though you might think it'd be like David Harbour because he's playing Hellboy. But for me, the the headliner is Mila Jovovich because she's kind of a sci-fi and fantasy um, icon at this point. And I will watch her in any movie that she is ever in. Uh, She's fantastic, uh, and I I usually uh, really enjoy her performances, especially when she's given some meats to play with. She will always be a favorite of mine from The Fifth Element. She is obviously really good in the Resident Evil series. Uh, She is generally, like I said, just pretty cool. And in this particular instance, she was okay. Um, So basically, I, I think part of the problem is just that there wasn't a lot of There wasn't a lot of meat for her to be given with her role in the prime villain here. There wasn't what I would call a lot of development that is to be had. I think everything being said that she did good with what she had to work with. Um, but there just wasn't that much to work with in that particular character. So I think she did well. And that takes us kind of back to David Harbor. I like David Harbor. Most people will know him from the Netflix stranger things. Um, it is a difficult role, I think, to play the character Hellboy. You have so much makeup on. There's so much CGI. It's, it's difficult to emote. I mean, Ron Perlman, uh, when he did Hellboy, just did fantastic. And I think a lot of what he did was about uh, vocal inflection and uh, about um, kind of positioning more than anything else because, like I said, you can't really see a lot of a lot of facial contortion under everything that that's there. Um I don't know if David Harbour did quite as good in that sense, but I think he did more than passable. I think he was um for his first attempt a, a solid hellboy. Um And he definitely tries to bring a different flavor to the character, which makes sense. You don't want to just rehash what somebody else has done. But unfortunately, maybe in my mind, I'm always going to unfairly compare him to Ron Perlman's Hellboy, as that is the Hellboy that I watched first. And it's Ron Perlman, who I love to death in everything. I mean, that dude is just fantastic. Um, But... Um, I'm maybe not quite as enamored of, uh, of Mr. Harbor just because I haven't seen him in as much stuff. I mean, I really, I really liked him in stranger things and I think he did a good job in this. So I'm going to scratch that up just to my own personal biases getting in the way. And I think he probably did pretty good. Um, there were some other interesting choices, uh, Ian McShane as father was uh, an interesting choice uh, another great actor that's just been in a ton of stuff If you're not completely familiar with him check out American gods or Deadwood. He was Tai Lung and Kung Fu Panda he's Signature, I mean you see him you recognize him you hear his voice you will recognize him He's got he does have a certain amount of gravitas He's got uh, just a, a really good stage presence, and I think it was an interesting choice for Father. And again, I'm probably going to unfairly compare him to the previous uh, previous actor that played Father, who just did fantastic. And it was a very different relationship, but we'll get to that in the plot section. Um, I think it was a good choice. Uh, Ian McShane just generally does fantastic in what he does, too. So that was, that was good. Um, Seeing Daniel Day Kim in this was really, really nice. Um, a lot of people think of him for Lost. I really did not like Lost. But I think of him back from Angel. And he was great in Angel. And, and he's really been good in pretty much everything. And the little bits I saw, Lost, uh, saw of Lost, he really shined out well in that too. Um, and I had a feeling that he would really get a chance to shine in this film as well. Um, he really didn't. Uh, I don't think it was his fault. I think it was uh, a matter of the way it was written. Um, I think he actually had a little more meat to his part that could have been worked with. But just with the way that everything was shot and the, the story was blocked together, there was not a chance to, to really develop that in any meaningful way. I mean, you got some hints here and there. But, and I think he did with it what he could. Um and he has, he has a really great deadpan and a really great comedic time and, uh, timing, I should say. Um, so I think he did well. Uh, they brought in an uh, actress by the name of Sasha Lane for Alice, one of the other major characters in the movie. Uh, she doesn't have a lot of credits to her name at this point, which I don't think is a detraction, really. Um, I think she did really well uh, for the part that she was given. She was given a little more space, a little more... Um, a little more to, to work with uh, uh, within the movie, and I think she made the most of it. So she did she did quite well. But by far, my favorite casting of this particular movie is probably Thomas Hayden Church, uh, another guy that I just I love seeing in anything because he has such a great humorous side. I mean, whether it's just the silly or whether it's dry, he can do humor, and he had a somewhat tongue-in-cheek humorous role in this. And even in the after credits, it's it was so good. Um, and, and I love seeing him in everything. And if you don't recognize the name, think Wings, think uh, Spider-Man 3, Sideways. Um, just, just fantastic. He's, he's always really, really good. Um, now, as far as the rest of the cast... There are some names here and there that have, well, I'm saying like that nobody's ever acted before. Uh, Nobody popped out to me as somebody that I thought, yeah, this is really kind of fascinating that they are in this or that I followed them on previous shows or movies, and everybody did okay. Um, Nobody jumped out at me as just being kind of one of those people that is... Uh, You know, you're not focusing on them within the story, but you can't help but look at them and listen to what they're doing. And there's nothing like that really in this film that I saw. Um, So really a solid casting, not not Avengers level of casting. uh, But who really can do an Avengers level of casting other than Disney? Uh, But solid. So, I mean, out of 20, I got to give this a 14. Pretty, I mean, I think they went strong with the people they got, and for the most part, the the actors delivered with what they could. Uh, So let's move on to the director. Uh, Neil Marshall was the director of this particular film, and he's had a few credits under his belt before this. Probably the most prominent in my mind would be the movie *The Descent*. I heard some rumblings that there was some disagreements between Mr. Marshall and the producers and uh, David Harbour. Um, I've heard it several times from several different sources um, whether this is true or not. Um, His choice as director, I think, before the movie comes out, solid. He's got the right kind of chops for for what you're looking to do. He's got the the kind of sci-fi and geek history It seems that he would, I I would think, do kind of the right job. Now, as far as what he did with what he had to work with, I don't know whether to lay this at his feet or whether to lay this at the producer's feet. um, There was something wrong here. I mean, there were so many missed opportunities and so many just disconnects and things that just did not go well, Uh, just did not mesh the way that it should have. Um, I have to at least lay some of that at the director, but I, I can't... I can't put my finger down on anything specifically. And this is always the hardest thing when you're kind of critiquing a movie from the outside, because you didn't get to see it when they were making the movie. So you can't really see where the problem is, but it just didn't feel, it didn't feel like the actors really connected with each other or with the story. And I have to at least put some of that with the director. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I think, uh, Neil Marshall is a good director in general and, I just don't think he did as good a job as he possibly could have with this film for whatever reason it is. And since I'm not entirely sure what it is, I'm going to keep this simple short 12 out of 20. Um, uh, so, you know, basically passing, but you know, marginally so, um, costuming and props. Um, this is interesting. There there are quite a few props in this movie, and the costuming is elaborate due to the type of movie that it is. Now, I think they, this is one of the areas where the movie really shined. Um, the Hellboy costume, they already had a, uh, a framework to look off of from both the comic books and the previous movies. They made some minor adjustments here and there. And the Hellboy costume itself was solid. Alice's costumes were not what you would call elaborate, but they looked good. They looked like they blended. They looked like they fit. Um, Daniel Day Kim's supposed to be kind of paramilitary in the way that he works, and his outfits were good. You've got kind of this King Arthur's court thing going on, because you've got Arthur. You've got Merlin. You've got all that different kind of mythology and storytelling built into it, and... All of that costuming was done really well. Uh, you've got Baba Yaga, who is just one of the really bright points of the film in terms of effects and, and costuming. Um, I, I've always liked the, the Baba Yaga tales for some time. I was actually introduced to it through reading Vampire the Masquerade and had to look into it after the fact. And it's really kind of fascinating uh, the stories that are related to it, and I think they did a really really good job with the conceptual uh, Implementation of uh, Bobby Yaga's house and the way that the the character looked and the costuming was really really good uh, The firearms were solid you know when they were supposed to look normal They look normal But the ones that were supposed to look special like the the special stuff that that Hellboy got It looked really really nice and um, So, I mean, all in all, I thought they did really well. Now, that being said, there's a lot of dark on dark on dark that occurs in this film. And that's a combination of uh, stuff that we'll talk about a little more in cinematography, but it's also in the costuming. So much of it is so dark. Even in a dark movie theater, you lose... It washes out. You lose a little something. You you can't see the detail. It doesn't present itself in quite as good a way as I think it would. And it, it, it just kept striking me over and over. Normally this would be like a one point thing, but I kept seeing it over and over again, or maybe I should say I didn't see what I wanted to be able to see. It was hard to track. Uh, so I think some of that lays really at the costuming side of things. So I'm, i probably give that an eight out of 10, uh, with what they had there, but still for the most part, very good, um, locations. Um, okay. So you had the, the headquarters, to where they're they're going to be you had the the hill with the tree you had the underneath section you, you had a handful of locations and they were good um as 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 weird as that sounds that's really kind of all I have to say with it nothing nothing jumped out at me as being amazing. It's supposed to be kind of this kinda of really gothic kind of feel and it it was but not amazingly so. Um, and the the fight in the church, um, the church room was good. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a lot. Of it was good, but nothing that, that really amazed me. Uh, the only thing that really detracted in my mind was I didn't like the headquarters. I, I didn't think the headquarters in this Hellboy was nearly as interesting as the Hellboy. Boy, headquarters previously. Now, did I like the fact that that was kind of under uh, an eating establishment? Eh, kind of cool, but I really liked the the uh, the previous one better because it had a more I don't know if grandiose is the right word, but it definitely had a more imposing feel to it. Uh, so it was hiding in plain sight, but there was something there. And it was, oh, is it going to be, is this a sewer station? Eh, maybe, but there's something there with this. It, it is hidden. And when you get down there, you feel like you're in a, a cluttered kid's room in every room. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel great, uh, in my mind. So, um, uh, probably a seven out of 10 on that one. Cinematography. Uh, I think this is where we kind of talk again, what we were talking about with the costuming and props. Everything was too dark um it was it was really hard to track a lot of things the cgi at times was messy i mean some of the things that we saw just did not look real or real is probably uh, a bad way to put it but it did not look believable and the areas where there was a real chance for the cgi to shine like the uh the creatures that came up from underneath the earth. Several of them looked neat, but they were never really developed. You saw them for a very brief amount of time and the neatest parts that has disappeared. The CGI on the, on the cat was sloppy. Um, it did not look realistic whatsoever, uh, which made me a little sad. Um, it just um, It just was underwhelming. Uh, So with underwhelming CGI and and darkness, that's really hard to to see past and getting through different things It it made it really muddled Um, and the blocking was okay Um, It it just uh, It just was lackluster and I'm just gonna leave it at that Uh, keep it simple keep it short 14 of 20 because I really think uh, the major problems of the film aren't really with any of the um, things that we went through already. It's, it, it lays primarily with the plot and the writing, and that's what we're going to get to now. In the plot and the writing, I was really, really disappointed uh, with this, this movie. I think this is, this is where it, it missed missed the most. Um, there was little to no character development for anybody. Uh, you had some establishment for Alice you had some establishment for Daniel uh, Dae Kim's character. You had some establishment for Hellboy and for Father. Um, but there wasn't a lot of growth. I mean, now, to be fair, it's a movie. Often you're not going to get a lot of growth in a movie. Uh, if you're going to get some, you're going to get it out of maybe one or two characters at most. Because um, you have a very limited amount of time. But when you add to that the fact that a lot of this was a rehash of the previous movies in a kind of inferior way. Um, I, I spoke a little bit before of my issues with the father character. The father character is much more domineering and hardcore in this, which is fine. I mean, as a character goes, but if you're just going to sacrifice the character, just like you did with the father character in the first Hellboy, Uh, You start to get into the realm of the problems that Spider-Man had. Yes, we know that Uncle Ben died. Yes, we know with great power comes great responsibility. You need to do something new. And this was not new. Now, the counter-argument may be that Hellboy is not nearly as identifiable and knowable as Spider-Man is, but those movies have been out for a little while, and so have the comic books, and... If you really wanted to do that sacrifice play and make it mean something, you needed to not do it in the first film. You needed to hope that the audience was going to latch on to this character and this franchise and want to see a sequel and then bring that in into the second film and have it mean something. Develop that relationship more because right now there was no emotional investment. So when he died, I did not care. That's a problem. Um, and the first Hellboy, I, I mean like I said, they had the benefit of not having had a movie do it yet There was a little more investment, but that on top of that uh, being the first instance that father was much more likable and Had a lot more personality that was allowed to be conveyed in such a way that the person watching the film could really connect with him So that when he died you really felt something when this father died. Like I said, I just did not care Um They did not allow enough character development for Daniel Day Kim's character. I mean, he got just a smidgen where he comes to the realization that Hellboy's not the bad guy and I'm not going to have to kill him. Eh, not not great. They needed to dig into his past a little bit more. I mean, they gave a little bit. Oh, I was with my platoon. We all got attacked and I got scratched. That was the extent of the character development. They just didn't give much for him to work with. Uh, The Alice character had a little bit more. Not a lot more uh, in terms of development, um, but uh, or I should, shouldn't say in terms of development establishment. There's really no development for that character. Now I really don't throw any aspersions on that one. I don't think that character really needed to be as developed in this particular film. But if it was going to be brought back in a future, it really, really needed some development. Um, something that would really allow us to latch on to the character. I mean, don't get me wrong the effects of being able to speak to the dead were rather entertaining, uh, even if they didn't look all that great. Um, it's just, there was just, it was, it was missing something. Um, I mean, if, if the character that I like the most in this film is, uh, the lobster man, (laughs) there's a problem there. Um, and then the, the major villain, I mean, you get, you get the backstory. Oh, it was, uh, she was betrayed and locked away and is being brought back for revenge purposes uh, for another character, but she has a greater goal. We just want to be accepted as monsters that rule humanity uh yeah i'm I'm not really getting that it's again, to have that really mean anything. you need more than a two hour movie to develop it. Uh, it, it suffers the problem that so many movies, especially comic book movies, suffer. They kill off the villain at the end of the film. And that's always the goal. That's the their idea of closure. No. I mean, you look at, look at the prequels to Star Wars, and I'll say this over and over again. The Darth Maul character was not only cool looking, not only was it excellent in terms of the type of fighting that that could be choreographed with that because it's Ray Park. You could do so much stuff with that, but they never allowed the development. They cut him in half at the end of the movie. And who'd they replace him with? Really lame villains in the next two films. That is the same thing that's happening here. You had the potential. Mila Jovovich's character had something there that could really be developed. Never really happens and can now never really happen. It's it's really frustrating to see something like that. Uh, the dialogue is adequate, not amazing. There's, there's uh, several funny quips here and there that are supposed to really kind of get you chuckling or guffawing. Uh, it didn't produce any sort of reaction in me. and That could just be me. Um, I may have had too high of expectations on that side of things because there's a lot of opportunities for really great comedic stuff to happen with Hellboy. Um, and I just didn't see that here. So no real good comedy, no real good character development. The plot is kind of tired. It's it was just and this may be again a little nitpicky, is just not what I was expecting it to be able to be. I didn't expect it to even be as good as the original Hellboy. I try and go in with very little expectations, but it didn't even seemed to come close to the same level. You didn't get that sense of wonder, you didn't get the, the sense of awe that some of the uh, visual concepts had. It just it just didn't have it. They tried to be kind of dark, they tried to be kind of funny, and it just, just failed all around. Um, so I'd probably give this a, a 10 out of 20 on the total scale. So when you add everything together, oh, and no bonuses on this, as uh, I just kind of factored in Lobster Man. <laughs> Into my main that if I had a bonus, it'd be for uh, Mr. Church because he's he's awesome but um, When you add everything together that gives you a score of 65 out of a hundred uh, You know still not terrible. I mean that's in solid uh, passing range with a D um, But it's again. It's if you see it on streaming sure is it something I'd probably ever watch again No. Uh, I'm a completionist, so I will probably find some bargain bin with it in a Blu-ray and purchase it just because I like to have every comic book movie. But if I can't find it at a discount, I certainly wouldn't sink money into this. Um, it was just just kind of a miss. But what did you think? Do you agree? Did I miss something? Uh, was I just completely way out of touch? I, I I I don't know what I'm talking about. Let me know. We have forums. We're on twitter uh, at real pudding guys we're on facebook at pudding guys we're on instagram at pudding guys there's a theme you know just kind of <laughs> kind of stick with us let us know what you thought we would love to have your opinion and get a conversation going but until next time